Welcome back once again to our musical shenanigans. One more show and we're done. Oh, thank fuck, says Mr. Whittington. Shawnee tries, I'll be cries, but he just can't be one. And three shows down, now our last one. Please join us for our grand finale with Hamilton! Hello everybody and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, which I'm saying really quickly before Ian gets a chance to interrupt <laughs> me again. Um, Willies! Well, there you go. No, I'm leaving that in. That's leaving... I'm, do you know what? That's what she I said. Lo- I can assure you she didn't. Um, but... I mean, what do you even say? Like, best intro so far? Although, no, no, we're not picking favourites here. There's two brilliant ones and Ian's one. So, like, that's really good. I'm only kidding. Your intro was very good last week, Ian. Thank you. Tell him that, as mum told me to. How is everyone this week? Fuck you. Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, Albert, you sound like you're pretty upbeat. Um, like you kind of liked the musical, yes? Maybe? Yes. No, I do. I have a lot to say about Hamilton, and it's mostly good. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued to see how our resident um, musicals non-lover uh, will react to <laughs> the watershed musical that is Hamilton, that is widely recognised. As the mus- the, no, no, the musical no. that most non-musical lovers love, so we'll see. Don't set me up like. Oh, that. I've got to. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Crotchet the Grouch. I think we should call him going forward. Bah, mm. Um But yes, do we have? Before we get into anything else, do we have any news? Because we always spend so long on these things. What's going on? Let's go straight to the news. <laughs> news team. Assemble! Uh, do we have any news? I think I have... Yeah, there's one bit of news that is probably just going to be me vaguely talking about it because you guys won't know what it is. But Borderlands, and I remember this being announced a little while ago, um... Borderlands is getting a movie directed by Eli Roth, who did Hostel um, and other things. What else has Eli Roth done? The, My Little Pony. There's some dead movies he's done. My yeah, My Little Pony. Pony. It's the did one with some... all the razor blades. I can't. I can never tell if you're joking. <laughs> Neither can I at this stage. Cabin uh, Fever. Yeah, he did Cabin Good. Fever. Would be in his other kind of yes. big one. Um, yeah, Hostel, and I'm sure we're missing a really obvious one. And of course, he was in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, didn't he do some of the dead movies? The Day of the Dead, Time of the Dead, I... Rise of the Living Dead, Evil Dead? No, he didn't do Evil Dead. That was, the remake was uh, Alvarez. Some... Okay, fair enough. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Um, so Borderlands is a really cool, speaking of like watershed things, this was a bit of a watershed game. Um, super irreverent, very interesting style of animation um, that, I, if I remember right, it's cel-shaded, which is, oh, yeah. it's got a very comic book feel to it, um, and it's just 
absolutely bonkers. It's a batshit series of games, and I think it actually lends itself to being a movie, a movie baby, really, really well. And this is getting some caliber on it. So the article that caught me was that the most recent um, edition was the young lady that played young, um, ba, 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 young, what's the young Gamora in Avengers, um, Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, she didn't have much to do, but she had a little bit of action. Young Gamora, you know where they're... Young when Gamora. Is... I thought you said Younger Mora. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, Mora from the Avengers. Yeah, Mora. Yeah, yeah. Iron Iron Man and Batman's da- uh, mother, Mora. That would be Martha. <laughs> Indeed. And um, not... Anyway, so <laughs> she's in it, which is pretty cool. But then I scroll down to the bottom of the article, and Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Kevin Hart is going to be in it. Kate Blanchett is going to be in it. And there was one other name that just caught my eye, um, which is um, irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But it was somebody else. But this film has like got some talent on it. And usually video game films just get chucked to the to the wayside. But this is... For two guys that obviously don't know the video game and don't know much about um, really anything that young people enjoy, would you go and see this film? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's supposed based based on the talent involved and it, it, it's going to be because re- I don't think we've seen Kate Blanchett in a gore fest horror and if Eli Roth is directing it's probably going to be a gore fest horror so Borderlands isn't a horror it's a post-apocalyptic thing it's closer to um oh sorry Jack Black that was the other person insane Jack Black is going to be a robot which I is cool and um, it's He's awesome. He's it's closer to um, Mad Max is probably what I would say if it's anything. So those people plus Eli Roth in a Mad Max type film, I can really picture that coming together, which is super cool. Yeah. I love it. I will definitely be there for that. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I think Albie. Same. I mean, I'd turn up to see Kate Winslet and anything. So I'm there. Kate Blanchett. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> her too. I mean, her too. At this point. Her too. Yeah, at this point, Kate Winslet could be in this film as well. So we will see. Maybe that's just round. I would the love that to be like Albert's a s- just left something. I'd love that to be like yeah, exactly a secret announcement that's coming out on like Tuesday, <laughs> like whatever day this releases on. Like, what did you oh know? Who were you talking to in the industry? Um, uh, popular news podcast, Englishman and an Irishman, with this breaking story, the first media outlet to know that Kate Winslet is going to be in the Borderlands. In unrelated news, you know we have received our first cease and desist letter. Yeah. Do you know what would really kick us, is that that news actually comes out tomorrow, um, which would be Wednesday, but this episode doesn't come out till next Tuesday. It's like, fuck, we knew! <laughs> we knew! Stranger things have happened, but uh, yes, I would turn up to see either of the Kates, so, you know, I'm happy with that. Outstanding, Sean. I think you said you've got something. As I've well. got like this is like real breaking news. Uh, it's something we've not addressed <laughs> on the podcast so far. So Zack Snyder's Justice League is actually being released. I'm sure you weren't aware of this on the 18th of March, and they have released the news that it's going to be a massive cliffhanger ending, and we're just not going to get a see. So, any recommends this week, guys? Uh, 
you guys go first because I waffled a lot last week. Uh, Albert, do you have anything? Nothing really because all my spare time was um, spent watching Hamilton and researching Hamilton and singing the songs from Hamilton out loud. So, no, nothing from me this week, sadly, except Hamilton. Sounds like a fairly crap week. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I have... What do I... So I have one recommend... So the one I couldn't talk about last week, which was Behind Her Eyes. Uh, I have finished it. Um, it's worth a watch. There are some... Definitely some story points that, like, the shock factor alone makes it worth watching, okay? Um, don't go in looking for any award-worthy performances, because you're not going to find them. Um... And despite how I'm sure nice the lead actor is, believe me when I say it's what happens when you order Jamie Dornan off Wish. Oh, that's me. But I'm sure he's very nice. I'm sure he's lovely. Uh, But yeah, Um, it's fine. No, the acting really isn't. It's just But the story is good. That's bad. That's annoying, isn't it? As, uh, as the person who like wrote the series, I'd be really pissed if the actors fucked it up for me. I'm like, no, this is not my vision. It's sort of like I would. I I, I can't talk about the plot line itself because to say anything is going to start going into spoiler territory. But it seems like it was designed to be sort of, you know, high emote. Like, what's the word? Is it? soap opera but like really almost telenovela and then some moments are so mundane and could be straight out of <laughs> any you know kind of, kind of standard netflix show and then it goes back into this telenovela style and you're just like i'm right. getting whiplash um yeah i'm a bit lost and and yes it's absolutely binged it um it's all on netflix um uh try and avoid spoilers going in because you won't see some of the twists coming like to the point where you'll be like huh <laughs> awesome yeah. is it a bit like Shyamalan can't tell you can't like, say can't say a word of it no 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 no. don't tell me but I mean like as in you know there's going to be a twist don't tell but me is but what is the massive twist the film just for the twist um no no I would it's a few steps above that like it's what, okay. it's what Shyamalan should be like it's the sixth sense Shyamalan as opposed to yeah. um, any other Shyamalan. The village. <laughs> Who was only talking to recently was saying, stop ragging on the village. It's not that bad. I've never seen it, so village. I can't. No, no, but it, no, it's an absolute steaming turd. Uh, I, I know what my <clears> next <throat> recommends will be. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, anything else to recommend. What did we do? We binged the documentary, which I now just cannot for the life of me. Okay, Ian, do you have anything to recommend? I do, but it's something I haven't finished watching, and I'll, this recommend is going to sound very similar to Sean's recommend. So this is Travellers on Netflix, which has been out for a few years, and if I'm right, it's finished. So there were three seasons, and it's done now. So the premise is there's a post-apocalyptic future, and in order to prevent this future, travellers travel back in time, and they have missions. Um and these missions are set and decided by the director, a scary, well, not scary figure from the future, but a figure from the future. But this isn't standard time travel. This is your consciousness is plucked out of 
your brain and then you take the place of somebody that was about to die. So in the historical record, this person would have died, but instead they're taken over by a traveller from the future. So you get all of that in the first like 10 minutes. And the first two episodes gripped me, grabbed me. And then there were six episodes of telenovela. And the six characters were like, just going about having relationships, dealing with some important issues like domestic abuse, abuse and um, addiction. But the entire mission from the future goes out the window. There is, they kind of refer back to some missions, but they don't seem to have anything to do with them. It's kind of like lower decks. These guys aren't given the proper missions because they can't be trusted. But the last episode of season one is fantastic. And so far, all of season two, which introduces a new villain as such, is outstanding. And I've just started season three. So I will recommend it. Based on season two and three being really, really worth it. And season one is watchable, but you will scratch your head going, get on with the story. Um, Albert, you were nodding along. Have I've you watched seen it. Travelers? Yeah, I watched it quite a while ago, actually. Oh, brilliant. <clears throat> and I complete, Did you I'd completely forgotten about it until you reminded me. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I am massively distracted by Eric McCormick, though, because he's he's Will. Oh, yeah. He's Will I from mean, Will and Grace, and that's all I can picture yeah, with his... Yeah when he's doing it so you can't you can't unsee that at all and he is quite a butch fbi agent in this so it's definitely different but you can't unsee yeah that i love all. isn't there one of the characters is it mercy who's like sort of intellectually disabled and she it's really kind of a cool storyline that one it's about her oh, it's I, I really liked her character um, in particular i remember that sticking out but everything else was a bit you know fine it's 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 yeah. it's a good sci-fi show. It's fine, um, but yeah. to be honest, I don't know if I made it to season three, but I might revisit it based on your uh, recommend. Yeah, I, I definitely would do, and I'll, I'll and um, Amanda Tapping um, is in season is she? two, and she directs most of season two as well, huh, cool. and she is she's as good in this as anything I saw her do in Stargate. She is just magnetic to watch. So, yeah. Definitely a recommend, but bear in mind season one's going to be a bit rough going. Okay. Well, I'll allow it. Side note, I just opened this drink. I grabbed it from the fridge because it was the size of a Red Bull can. However, it is not. It is a passion fruit martini. <laughs> so as I took my first swig, I went, ah! <laughs> so what? That's, that's not Red Bull. Mm, that's quite nice. <laughs> so as opposed to being full of energy I may just end up drunk which I'm hoping uh, will mean you'll be on our side for musicals this week what makes you think I won't be every oh, previous we episode we've done on musicals <laughs> I forgot me and Albert actually talked last night so I've shown my hand um, however Sean you go first I'm nervous um Right, well, obviously, the... Okay, so Hamilton. Okay, Ian, what's Hamilton about? Oh, I can totally do this. So this is the story of England and how its ungrateful colony, um, despite all of the protection it's been provided, all of the supplies it's been sent, the fact that all of the people there are originally English slash Irish, despite all of that, we... Well, and Spanish and French. 
they decide that they can do government better. Um, and then 250 years later, they get President Trump. Um, so the moral of the story is stay under British rule. I think myself and Albert might have some feelings about that particular statement. Um, <laughs> so... so we've got nothing to do with Belfast, don't worry. What, Belfast? Belfast. That will make I love, that will make no sense to anybody <laughs> other than the three of us. And, and, and Tara. Tara. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, so Ian didn't watch Hamilton. Albert, what's Hamilton about? <laughs> and you'll see. Hamilton is about the... Uh, My love. <laughs> oh, it's going to be it's one of those episodes. He's it? gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. gone. Martini. It's just vodka. It's just actually Ooh. vodka in a can. <laughs> Yeah, someone's just dropped some skittles into this like <laughs> bottle of Smirnoff. Right, continue. Deep Albert. breath, deep breath. So um, Hamilton yeah. basically tells the story of Alexander Hamilton, who is one of the um, founding fathers of America. Um, and through his eyes, the early days of the, the formation of the American uh, nation, um, and it's about his sort of personal relationships um, and a man who himself is an immigrant because he was born in the Caribbean, um, how he became, you know, one of the founding fathers of the US. But it is done with a twist in that it is played by um, all the roles in, in the show are played by characters of colour, um, except for King George, um, which gives you sort of a real contemporary feel. Um, and takes away the sort of element of of race from the show and instead focuses on the story of a man and his ambitions for for the country so um i think that's it really no i think you got yeah. it the only thing i would add is ambitions for himself yes and his legacy as well yeah. i think his legacy is as much if not more important than the country he's trying to put yeah together. I- he is not an idealised character. He is to a degree in this show. And actually the real Alexander Hamilton had some dubious things that are kind of glossed over in the show here. Um, but yeah, he's not, he's definitely not kind of a, he's more of an anti-hero, I guess, really. Yeah. But hey, that's theatre. That's theatre. Well, he must be learning <clears throat> something because, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, what did you think, Ian? So of the four that we've chosen this one obviously is a film but this is the stage show we've watched whereas the other three have been adaptations did you did you mm-hmm. sort of did you find it easier to enjoy or did you kind of catch yourself going ah kind of wish i was watching a movie of this this stuck me right in the bloody middle and i'm afraid i can't come down one way or the other so my logic at the end of last week's episode was I should like this better because they're not trying to make a movie. So what Rent taught me is that I largely don't like musicals because I don't like musical movies. So I really like stage shows and I like musicals, but I don't like musical movies because I don't think the format lends itself to translating something from stage to big screen. The, the songs stand out for me. You lose a lot of momentum. So I thought, I can watch this because it's a stage show not trying to be a movie. Then it just reminded me that I'm not at a stage show. And 
<clears throat> there's lots of problems with stage shows, especially with somebody that's... I may actually have to go to a doctor and sort my hearing out because I, I struggle at stage shows to hear the words and to hear what people are saying. So this had all of the shit bits of a stage show, but also on screen where I didn't get the atmosphere and I didn't get the enjoyment of it. So again, love this story, love the songs, love the performances... But I would not watch it again. I would watch it on stage tomorrow, right now. If if we went there right now, I would watch the shit out of this. But I really struggled with a lot of the, the raps, a lot of the singing, because I just couldn't hear a damn thing. There's uh, there's a degree of fairness to what you're saying. Um, like I've listened to the songs from this musical quite a lot. And so watching it this time, maybe I was kind of almost substituting some of the words I was missing. I did notice actually watching this that, you know, totally fair, not everybody delivers a pitch perfect, you know, it's not the studio recording, you know what I mean? And I'm not expecting that. I actually prefer that because... It doesn't bloody sound like you do. (laughs) So I'm going to... I think this has wrapped up my problem with the format and the medium. So I'm going to finally put my hammer on the nail, whatever it is. <clears throat> I don't. I still don't like musical movies because I don't think, for me, it's not the right medium for it. But this I super enjoyed. And for the rest of the podcast, I will be 99.9% positive and happy about Hamilton because I think of the four... Actually, definitely, of the four, this has been my favourite. This is definitely the best for me. Um... Uh, while we were going to get back to it was uh, about oh so yeah sorry so Ren I can tell that everything's been recorded in a studio and then edited on top and that takes me out of the movie as well because I know that your rock man isn't standing there bellowing all of that it's all pitch perfect this kept me in the movie more because I knew I was listening to them sing the songs the only thing that was distracting is where they put the little earphones did you notice that they put them in the hairline microphones for a lot yeah. of the people yeah yeah yeah, that's standard in, in uh, stage shows. I kept thinking, okay, so that's something you don't see from the the gods where I watch it like miles away. But how much for a like, ticket? I'll sit outside. Exactly. I'm just live, press my ear up against the wall and enjoy it. But I thought they were doing a bit of Rudy Giuliani and like some hair dye was like dribbling down their <laughs> head. I was like, no, 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 that's the fucking microphone. Uh, well, that's interesting that you say about the kind of singing live aspect, because you mentioned in a previous episode that you really enjoyed Le Mis, which was, was recorded as live. So they were actually singing that on set with a piano and then the orchestration was layered in afterwards, which is probably why Good you enjoyed God, it more. That makes a lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that is probably why I don't see it. That's probably why it doesn't take me out of the movie, because it's just as if... They're reenacting a bit of history, but their way of venting is through singing. So, yeah, it's slightly odd, but it's there. So, cool. I'm so glad you said that. That makes a lot of sense. No, I, I assume, sorry, with Albert, I assumed you knew that. So, and it's like, all right, so that explains why you like Lame Is then, because that really is no, a Hathaway totally dying ignorant. slowly in a, no. in a bed that's really <laughs> a coffin. Um, yeah. I'm an uncultured, ignorant <laughs> oaf. I wouldn't know that. Surely. Not at all, no. We are dragging you, kicking and screaming into culture. Don't worry, we'll watch... I like, don't wanna! Yeah, we'll watch Barbed Wire or some kind of 90s film next week. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hamilton is not, like, the character. He's... 
He's not really likable. He's enjoyable, but I don't feel like I root for him for a lot of this. He's, he's complex. No, he's I don't complex. root for him at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people aren't born to be rooted for. But yeah, in a, in a story, yeah, I guess you need a protagonist to hold on to. But yeah, totally agree. You don't. I wasn't particularly sad that he died. To be honest, I would um, say spoiler, it but it was like the a... early eighteen hundreds. So. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. It's like true. It, it is not a present day story. Yeah, sorry. Since seventeen seventy six, he has died. Yeah, yeah, since. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I know so, what you mean because. Oh, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place because that's what musicals do. But he's kind of responsible for a, a lot of heartache and pain. Um. Definitely yeah, in his personal life. Sorry, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna argue with you a lot. Um, isn't a lot of people uh, like the only reason we're aware of it is because they've put it in the history books and they've put it. Oh on God, stage. I'm d- like you know, kind um, of. Never mind what's outside the theater. I'm just talking about this is just the show. I mean, yeah, yeah. arguably Trump has caused some problems, but really he's going to be a bloody mm-hmm. enjoyable show whenever it comes along. Uh, personally, I'm hoping for a retelling uh, of the French Revolution comedy. Um, yes, indeed. Possibly cut that joke. Like his head. Oh, that's up to you. Um, <laughs> um, right, the opening song to Hamilton is one of my favourite opening pieces of any musical ever. I fucking love Alexander Hamilton as a song. It's good, isn't it? It really is. That was... that was. What do you mean, good? No, go on, Albert, because that's all I had to say. It's good. So, just picking up on... on something that Ian was saying earlier and relevant to this. So I actually have been lucky enough to see Hamilton on the West End. Um, and I paid, oh, awesome. I paid 250 quid for a ticket or something um, and sold my firstborn in order to get that ticket. Um, <laughs> having watched Which this... Which is why Sean is now a ward of the state. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. I'm a ward of the state. I'm never affording a ticket for this thing. Um, having watched it live and then watching the, the the filmed musical, I mean, the live experience is so much better because you get the energy of the audience yes. and everything. Alexander Hamilton as an opening number with a live audience who every single person there wants to be there, is excited to be there, knows everything about the show before they've even seen it. It is like this amazing sort of transcendent moment where you're kind of, you feel like you're in a strange cult and you've just been, um, you know, kind of brought to see your your fearless leader. Mm-hmm. And it's just this amazing moment. Um, and you can literally feel electricity in the air when that number is happening on stage. I didn't get that from the movie. And maybe that's just because I've seen it live and I know what that feels like. Um, but as a, well, as, as, as a piece of music, as an introduction to a show, as a way of you know, opening a musical that has basically redefined what a musical is, it's it's mm-hmm. it's really expert and it's brilliant and it's yet to be surpassed in my opinion. So I'm completely in agreement on that. It is just a a piece a, a piece of pure genius, I think is what it is. Cool. I think it's fantastic. I even I can't go into any detail about it or the wider context. I just really enjoyed it. It's just the perfect I think it's the only bit of the, I don't know, I was going to say, it was the only bit that reminded me that I was watching a show because it has the big crescendo and then the boom, 
cheer, woo, which every musical starts with. Um, but I, it, was, it worked, and I think we're very empathic people. So when you're there in person, you can feel everyone else enjoying it, and you can feel everyone mm. else getting worked up. You're not going to feel that on the sofa. Um, Agreed. So I totally get why it hasn't got the same effect. But it's still, yeah, fantastic opening number. And I love that they do that kind of section where each of the characters say, me, I loved him, me, I fought him, me, I killed, I Perfect. shot him. And so you're almost giving the story away with that opening number, but it doesn't detract. And I guess bearing in mind this is, you know, the full title is Hamilton, an American musical like the the characters and the actual storyline would be semi understood by american audiences completely foreign to mm-hmm. to us in the uk or in ireland or other countries um and the fact that up front they just go hey by the way he's got to get shot and i'm the one who does it is kind of a brave move and i think pays off really because then it it puts you right into the headspace of where each of those characters are and the journey they're going to go on so it's it's really brilliant and the the music nerd in me loves that you know each of the characters have their own little musical motif so you know when their names are sung or called out they're sung with the same notes which is really clever so this like little motif idea of like you know eliza and angelica and the whole kind of aaron burr sir thing you know that kind of musically is really 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 clever so from this literally from the start of the show you're straight in with those um kind of little motifs that just keep coming back throughout the show so it's perfectly constructed as far as i'm concerned and i'll stop it's a really clever way to tune you into (laughs) no carry on um it's a really clever way to tune you into what's happening next so this stood out the most for me with eliza and um, Aaron Burr because whenever Aaron Burr would come back in and it would be like how um, um, yeah, how is this orphan son of a whore bastard done that little bit there's a little bit that he adds every single time but it's a good punctuation mark and whenever Eliza comes back in it's the same note it's the same song and it's back into this very kind of mm. somber pathetic mood almost and it just it frames rather than having a narrator saying and now we're back with eliza it's it frames the scene ahead and the i I think the opening is super clever because then i remembered and my memory is horrific but because each one of those people um lafayette hamilton the other guys all had their introductions their characters stuck in my head throughout the film so yeah I was familiar with them when they kept popping back up. So it's a really clever way to clue you in. And what you said about the giving away the twist in inverted commas, I wish more movies did that because then it doesn't... It survives rewatches because then you're not hanging on the cliff... You're not hanging on the big reveal at the end if you give it away at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, yeah, and I like the way... Because you have that real certainty of character from the outset when suddenly you have the same actor playing different characters it's more easy to transition and believe them in those different roles so i think again it's just really that's what i was going to ask sorry so so lafayette plays jefferson doesn't he and yes 
The same guy who plays Madison, but who does he play before? Hercules Mulligan. Yeah, that's it. I, I thought they were the same yeah. people, but I couldn't. My brain didn't. They did a good job on the um, on the costumes. Yeah, and, and Philip Hamilton, who is Hamilton's son, is played by the same actor who's John Lawrence in the, the opening quartet as well. So, um, so there's three characters. Oh, Actually, cool, four, because cool. Peggy, Shul- Peggy Shuler doubles as Maria Reynolds, I think, as well. So there's four characters who basically play... Right. Who are four actors who play two characters. There is... I don't like my shot. It's too abrupt. Sorry. It's too abrupt for me. It doesn't... It. I get the passion and I get the meaning, but as a song, it doesn't do it for me. I, 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 I like the way it sets him up as he's as arrogant as hell. Um, and... You know, and he's being egged on by his friends as well. I, I think it's it sets yeah. up... I mean... I get it. Like, it's quite an aggressive song. You know what? I think I would like it better if it wasn't repeated throughout the film. And I know that defeats the object. But... (laughs) Yeah, as a one-off, it's fine. But as it keeps popping up, it grates on me. Albert, you're laughing at me. Why? Well, because that's the kind of the point of it. It's like, he's not going to take... He's going to take his shot. And that's how he ends up dying, is taking a shot. So the idea is it carries through the whole movie. It's sort of done on that premise. Um, okay, that's pretty cool. But I, I know what you mean, in that it's totally quite different from Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton. The one thing as well that's different about watching the film versus being in the theatre is the applause between numbers is significantly longer. Um, so how this, how this was filmed was this was filmed over three shows and mm. also without an audience and they've kind of edited it together so that it is a kind oh, of a smooth interesting. viewing experience in the theater when i went to see it we were literally whooping and clapping for about like 10 minutes after alexander hamilton so yeah, there's more of a sort of a a kind of release of energy and then you step back and then it's your next number whereas in the film version it's very much like and we're on to the next number, and we're on to the next number. Um, so, that... it's like the only reason that they've included um, any applause at all is because you would think it was weird if there wasn't any. exactly for it being on but a stage. It just setting, goes... Yeah, exactly. It would. It just goes to remind me that I'm watching this and I'm not there. So yeah. I think that's it. that's kind of doubled down on what I was thinking. Yeah, and you had these kind of weird moments in the show where they were literally standing still for 30 seconds while there was massive applause and then the show would start again. Yeah. Um, but that... Because you have to freeze, Yeah, but that's you? part yeah. of the fun of, of seeing it live. Um, so, yeah. So, I get that why it feels quite abrupt and aggressive. Um, yeah. I just, I just love it. It is so hip-hop. It's so current. It's... It sets out the stall for what follows, and it's probably one of the most hip hop numbers in the in the show. Um, yeah, no, I get it, I get it. And, and what I love about that's just personal yeah. taste. It's not me having to do yeah. it. And what I love about this show is like people kind of equate hip hop with being basic or a bit simple, and actually there is so much nuance and cleverness and intelligence behind. The lyrics, the music, like the the way it's put yeah. together, um, that like I think stupid people think hip hop is yeah. simple. I mean, it took it took <laughs> Lin Manuel 
Miranda like eight months to write my shot or something like that. He was literally writing it forever. Um, and when it was off Broadway, they were still refining it until it went to Broadway. So, you know, he was never kind yeah. of happy with it and kind of continued to work on it, it, which is which is quite cool as well, I think. So I I almost see it like as a perfect expression of him going, this is my moment. This is my musical. This mm. is as a, as a person. Thing, as so it's like that blurring yeah. between actor and character. Um so that's okay. No, I like yeah, that. That's that that is what works. I love it when you shoot me down. <laughs> I love it when you shoot me down and prove me wrong. It's my favourite thing. It's the best. Really quickly before we move on, Lin Manuel. Um, so I know him from House because he plays um, uh, somebody in a psychiatric um, unit, um, and he plays somebody that has he's basically refusing to take his medicine, um, and he he can't express himself anyway other than through rap but he's really bad at it so he can't do improv so he would do one line of rap and then just trail off and house would usually finish off his line because house's mind works better so seeing him as an actor in that is totally different to this because he's obviously got his shit together but he's such a talent such a awesome awesome actor however i don't like his singing voice (laughs) not even a little bit Interesting. Okay. So I would say I don't necessarily think he is the best actor. I think he is a better singer. Um, because again, having seen the oh, West man, End version. So yeah, the, seeing the West End version, the, the the guy who played him in the West End, um, Jamail Westman, was so much on a different level in terms of the performance. Um, and physically is quite different. So he's like six foot three, six foot four. So he felt like this kind of mm-hmm. larger than life character. Oh, much more imposing. Um, so having, yeah, so having seen that and then seeing Lin-Manuel, they feel tonally very different. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is where, again, the film version probably doesn't do as much favours because there are those kind of real close-ups of the actors. Nine times out of ten, that helps and adds to the experience. But occasionally you're just kind of like mm, that's a little bit of ropey acting there um and i'm afraid that no I totally i'm afraid agree. that maybe lynn manuel's one of the the people who has those moments um so yeah no i completely agree i am so i don't I have to clarify i i, I yeah I'm, i stand by he's super super talented i I don't think he's a particularly fantastic actor in this, like, his emotion... Yeah, you're right. Whenever he especially did the emotional stuff or the crying stuff, I was like, it's a little bit cringy. But I just put that down as, ah, theatre. Because sometimes it is really over the top. But I would love to see somebody a bit more imposing play the role. But what I love about Lin-Manuel is he will say, I am not the best actor, and, you know, will own up to that. So he's not, you know, he's aware of, of where his strengths lie. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Sean? You've been quiet the last few minutes. Uh, I think it's because you're right. It's like I actually do like his voice. Um, I think particularly unashamedly, I really like my shot. But it was also the first song from Hamilton that I ever heard, uh, as I think oh, ma- maybe a lot of people potentially because of the Graham Norton interview that. Lin-Manuel did with Emily Blunt just after the release of Mary Poppins Returns where he stands up and off the cuff raps my shot Oh, so kind of because of that that was my introduction to Hamilton after that then I went and listened to the score Um, so 
And also, I've made a bit of a personal challenge of trying to learn it, which I will not be doing here. And it's hard. So <laughs> he gets props for that. Um, there are some parts of the musical, though, where you're just kind of like, I kind of wish he wasn't in the room where it happened because everybody else is a bit more fun. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, thank <laughs> you very it. much. Um, and that's fine. Like, I kind of, some of the songs about him are better than the songs featuring him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fair. And maybe shout that's out to shout out to Angelica's song where she sings about him. Just in general, Angelica. Yeah, oh, I so love Angelica. Brilliant. Yeah, and um, I love Renee Elise Goldsberry. She's just an incredible force on stage. Um, she she's actually like she's the whole package. Like, as in, she's an amazing yeah. singer and an amazing actor on stage. I thought she was. Who, who's the I'd be interested now to see if you agree with this. Kind of my favourite performers of this adaptation, right? So herself, uh, I liked Washington. I did a little bit of research. He didn't get some great reviews, but I, I thought he was very, very good in this. No, I, I did as well. Um, I... Uh, Washington's... Um, what's his opening song, his introduction? What's the name? Is it Right Hand Man? Yeah. Right Hand Man, you're right. Fuck me, that song did things to me. I had, even on my sofa, I had shivers. Yeah. Because he's just, there's something really appealing about a a powerful character that even if they make mistakes, he is confident, he's on a mission, and he's in command of everyone, and he dominates that stage. It's, ah, i got shivers listening And it's to another great baritone role, which baritones are not used yes. enough in, in musicals. So is this a thing? I mentioned, I was, sorry, when I was editing last week's episode, I was like, oh, we glossed over that. Is that a running theme, that baritones just don't get any attention? Um, you tend to find in performance, musicals, operas, stuff like that, it would be your sopranos and tenors that get all the big numbers. Um, altos never get a look in, bless them. Um, you know, they're the, the lower female voice. Um baritones there's such a richness to the baritone register um and they tend to be used for and actually this you know hamilton's a little bit guilty of this it's they tend to be used for figures of authority or older or you know kind of fatherly like (laughs) figures um but i will not fault it in this because actually he's brilliant um christopher jackson who plays him is i think exceptional i think why we're probably more forgiving is that Washington is a, isn't as big a deal to us as he might be to Americans. Um, so there's probably like a preconceived idea of what Washington yeah. should be. Um, whereas I just... It's that he was... Yeah. Yeah, he just inhabited that role for me really well. Um, and I loved his voice and I loved his acting. And he was entirely believable. I love that he came out the gate vulnerable, as you say, Ian. Uh, you know, kind of going... Yeah we're getting this wrong, I don't know what to do, I can't get help, you know, all those kind of good things. It was just yeah. it was just nice to see, um, rather than the kind of yeah. glorification you can sometimes get in these Founding Fathers stories. Um, yeah. So I liked that. So, on that point, what surprised me, um, I, I'm a history buff, I've got a degree in history, so I love all of this shit, and I know, I know the American story really well. Um, I thought going into it that having 
Jefferson played the way he is, Washington played the way he is, Madison, that it would take me out of the movie and I would be too busy picturing their actual historical selves to pay attention to what was going on in the film. But I forgot I was even watching a piece of American history. Like, it's, yeah, fine, he's called Jefferson, but it doesn't matter. He could be anybody. Not anybody, but... He just they create their own character and they're not tied to the history books. It's this is what happened, but we're gonna rub some funk on it. Oh, I love yeah, it. I think there no, is a I lot think. of historical license taken as well. Yeah, of course there is. Of course there is. The history books have historical well, license. It's written by the victims. Exactly, yeah. There was, you know, we beat all those savages. And sorry, and who are the savages in this version of the story? Doesn't matter, we beat them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, because but, this but in fair, is... it, in, sorry, in fairness to Lin Manuel, he did meticulously research this, and he talks about where he took licenses to either for the story yes. or, or to benefit the characters. But he paid attention to those details, I think, and that's again. Well, that's the best way yeah. to do it, isn't it? Because then, if you get pulled apart, you can say, "Yeah, dickhead, I know that." However, this is art. Hmm. Yeah, and he has he has been pulled apart for it. Um, there was for the life of me now I cannot remember this critic's name but basically a critic said um, pull the show to which the world went <laughs> no but he accused the show of racism for glossing over a lot of the early uh, I suppose attitudes towards slavery Yeah, because they do paint yeah. these founding fathers as the absolute heroes of the union well obviously not the union yet but you know what I mean no, I know what you mean. And that did bug me, to be fair. It, the, the fact that it's played by a cast of colour, of some variations, it still feels like it's glossed over, isn't it? Which is odd. I kind of I expected it to play a bigger part, but perhaps that's deliberate. Maybe it's like, that's not the story we're telling here, and it doesn't have to be told in every single story. This is the story of Hamilton. Yeah. I think it is. It I is think the me, no, me and Ian, we were both person. looking to Albert there. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we were both looking at you, Albert. Yeah, the, I think the dad vote. that that is a criticism that comes across a lot. Is like, yeah, but Hamilton was a slave owner, and actually, in this, you're making him out that he's pro-abolition and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, I think it's difficult, isn't it? It's it's yeah. it's such an important part of the American story, um, but there's it feels like there's something being said without saying it by having people of colour play these historical characters because it's everyone's American story in a way. Um, mm, so yeah, there's absolutely. something there, but it is... It, it, I can see why there was criticism and laid in that way. Um, but, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, it's... It, it's inter- I mean... We ain't going to solve that problem here. So... This story, this really? story of aversion of <laughs> Hamilton, um, I can 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 I, can I gush over Jonathan Groff for just 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 a second? So, go on. I love Jonathan Groff, and I've loved him since Glee. All right, that's that's how long I've loved Jonathan Groff for. So, um, I think Albert, maybe you'll help me out with this one. He. Did he originate the role of King George and then he... No, he didn't. Because I know that it was kind of a special deal that they got him for this recording, was it? No. So um, so how Hamilton worked was originally it was an off-Broadway show. Um, 
before it moved into Broadway. Um, so shows tend to go into off-Broadway to kind of refine the show, build a bit of notoriety, and then move into a big theatre on Broadway when they know they've got commercial nous. Um So off-Broadway, King George was played by um, Brian Darcy James. Um, when they moved to Broadway, Jonathan Groff took over the role. Um, not entirely sure why, um, but he... He played it for, I think, maybe the first couple of months um, on Broadway. Probably is a bit of a draw, if I'm honest. Um, that would be kind of the main reason, I'd say. Um, and then he was replaced again. So, you know, he was only there for this kind of first part of the first season, really. Um, and most of the actors who were in the original off-Broadway production moved across to Broadway. Um, pretty much all of them, actually, except for... Um, Brian Darcy James so and some of them were even part of the early so it was being workshopped for back in I think it was 2013 and three or four of the cast were actually in that original workshop as well so they've kind of grown with the production which is quite unusual as well Um, so yeah so like one of the interesting tidbits of information about this film is that um, or this musical is that Renee Renee's role, so Angelica was originally in the workshop played by Anika Noni Rose of Dreamgirls fame and the voice behind Princess Tiana and the Princess and the Frog and stuff. So, you know, there's, oh, there's yeah. some, pretty, some pretty good pedigree in there. Um, but I think that's a lot of the the talent that ends up in the show either are coming from more of a music background rather than a musical stage background. And I think it's interesting in the film version that we've watched you can see the ones who are actors and the ones who are musicians. Um, and yeah, 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 so there is, there is, there is a that. real kind of distinction there. But so, yeah, but even when it was off Broadway, it was sold out. You couldn't get a ticket. You know, it was just a matter of time before it could move. I mean, a ticket to Hamilton on Broadway starts around $400 and goes I up remember. as far as $1,000 maybe for the best seats. A few, a few years ago, um, I think it was 16 it might have been uh, I was looking to go we were in January we were looking to start organising everything because just you know get going and even then yeah I think $700 was the cheapest ticket I could find to Hamilton and you know I don't know the exact thing but it was a bit like you know you were standing room only behind a pillar underneath the security guy's armpit and you know yeah. you would get obviously there was two of us so you would get somebody else on a different night and you had to wear earplugs. It was a bit like, it was like, it was hard yeah. to get tickets. It's it's not that kind of show where, you know, um, I know uh, Leicester Square has this, but Broadway has it as well, like tickets on the day kind of a booth. It's not that kind of a show. Yeah, Nobody no, no, rings no, no. in not sick. Get it. You know, that kind of way. Nah. Um, which is, so uh, I was just in a little bit of Six, research. This. Just to this, say, so sorry, just before we finish that point. The Broadway show has made $650 million. That is like the budget that most, or the, the kind of box office that most films would dream of. It's a billion, do- it's a yeah, billion dollar franchise. Disney paid $75 million just for the rights of the filmed version. So it is basically a license to print money, um, which is nuts. Yes, it is. That's bonkers. That is crazy. I was reading, um, so people have always been asking Lin-Manuel's like, this is deadly. 
when are you making a, you know an ad a film adaptation like lame is like Rent why would you but no what he said is like oh it'll happen but as soon as we do that the theater numbers are going to drop and i, I don't think he was saying this it wasn't from a That's financial fair. point of view it was just it's meant to be experienced on stage yeah of course um, it is so i mean technically they ran a risk by allowing disney i say allowing for 75 million dollars allowing disney to release the the stage show on disney plus because technically if i can pay whatever for a year subscription for disney plus and i get hamilton yeah no but it is as you say yeah. Albert, there is there's no i mean i really enjoy this but there is no substitute for sitting in the theater and you know just having no. i think i mentioned about and, and look at what as well yeah and look look how ian reacted he was like I enjoyed it. I really want to see the stage show. So there, there's your 75 oh, million well spent because yeah, there you go. anyone who watched it was like, oh, I get it now. Now I want to see the thing for real. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, totally. yeah it's, it's clever. But sorry, we did a big kind of side pivot there away from the amazing Luke, Jonathan Groff. Who, oh, yeah. We're not getting away. Hang on. Who we, who you we get to see. had made me forget about him. I was like, what was that, 25 minutes ago? Um, but because... Yeah, so as I say, loved him for years, seen him in other things and everything, and then I think, no, I did know he was in this adaptation, so I was kind of looking forward to him, um, and then he walks out on stage, and he just, he is having a ball, I think. He yeah, is eating it out up. Of, I think more than anyone else in the show, with the exception yeah. potentially of David Diggs, he seems to be enjoying himself like as much as the crowd is. Um, and he's just like the control that he has I mean considering this is stage like the fact that he barely moves and yet you know you're riveted to him because he's just such a prick <laughs> and he stands oh, out like oh, he stands man. out like a sore thumb in a good way as well that's why I love it I absolutely love yeah. it it's all he almost reminded me of having like the classical like Shakespeare plays you'd have to have like the jester or the joke and he is he is the joke in this, but his dead eye stare, how the the, the camera work <laughs> on this in particular made me glad that I was watching it on TV because I wouldn't have appreciated mm. this in person. But the close up shots on his face where he just does the dead eye head tilt into the audience, you'll see. And oh, it's so, it's so so good. I just grinned every time he walked on. But I'm gonna get it again. Da 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 da. da. Love, uh, and oh, and, no sh and shout so out good. to hashtag Graf Sauce. The spit we get to see flying out of his mouth. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's upsetting. Please swallow. Yet, please really, please really swallow. I love it as well because uh, I presume this was intentional. The fact that it's just like. He's really robbing that king of every bit of dignity he's supposed <laughs> to have. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a temper tantrum, yes. isn't it? And But I think the story that he tells through his three songs is just mwah, chef's kiss. Like, it's, I'm bitter that America is leaving, but you're not going to win. And then it comes back and, okay, you've won, but this is going to be really, really difficult and good luck running things on your own. And then, oh, Washington, didn't go so well, <laughs> did it now? Oh, you've got John Adams? Pa! Good <laughs> luck. That. It's such a journey. It's him. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know him. 
and just I love that John Adams is the running joke through the film. Is I'm uh, sorry, th- yeah, through the film, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's interesting because again, th- there was some concern about how that would play in the West End in terms of the King George character, but he absolutely stole the show in the West End oh, as well. Oh come on! I mean, how could he not? Um, yeah, so uh, you know, I, I we are self-aware enough to laugh at a king that died two hundred years yeah. ago, and like in in, yeah. in fairness, and is, you is, know yourself if it's handled well. Um, if you can't laugh at yourself. Do you mean obviously there's exactly. there's yeah. levels of stereotypes that are funny and that aren't funny but like this is it's obviously meant tongue-in-cheek it's you know yeah. and as you say if you're still getting hung up over you know a historical character from 200 years ago you're probably a member of the royal family yeah exactly <laughs> you're, you're probably watching the crown and shaking your fist at the wait a minute <laughs> So it's the it's the final verse that really gets me as well because that shifts from being funny and clever rhymes to this doesn't have to be about America and England. This is about any abusive relationship. Um, so it's just you say our love is draining and you can't go on. You'll be the one complaining when I'm gone. And no, don't change the subject because you're my favourite subject, my sweet submissive subject, my loyal, royal subject forever and ever and ever and ever. And it's just creepy, mm-hmm. creepy, creepy, uh, dominating, abusive relationship. Um, yeah. Really, really well put together song. Completely agree. Oh, Jonathan Groff, I could... friends and family. <laughs> oh. To remind you <laughs> of my battalion. love. <laughs> oh. My favourite lyric in it though is I thought we had made an arrangement <laughs> It's just like that Brilliant yes. <laughs> It's like why aren't you sticking to the arrangement Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh so good Oh it's so good So we've made it about 15 minutes into the film <laughs> Yeah um, and, then, and then I don't know uh, They get their Shit. independence or something So um, yeah. We're not going to get a lot further Because Ten dual commandments. That was, I think, that was the next. I'm, I'm skipping a couple. Um, uh, helpless, I guess, but I don't like this. I songs. do. You, no, really. do you know what I feel about helpless? I think it's fine, but I think satisfied is a better song. I really prefer Angelica to Eliza. Oh, satisfied is yeah. fantastic. Each one does what it needs yes. to do. So helpless is Eliza, and satisfied is the more interesting story. That's that's what I want to hear more about, and that's the ah. Oh, sorry, I'm so glad I remembered this. The rewind from helpless into satisfied is fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Like I had to stop and think, well, this is different. What's going on here? And it's the same story, but from the real. So well oh, done. I got tingles. So well done. Tingles thinking about it. Yeah. So good. Um, ten dual commandments. Uh is actually a reference to the Notorious B.I.G. and Ten Crack Commandments, he's, he's track. So there is loads of references to actual hip-hop throughout this show as well, awesome. which is really cool. So there's like references to either lyrics or kind of music from like Eminem, DMX, um, uh, yeah. Grandmaster Flash is in there, Mob Deep. Like there's, there's loads of kind of, if you're a hip-hop nerd, there's stuff in there you can really pick out. Um, but I love particularly Ten Dual Commandments because it's just like, all I can picture in my head is the Taurus B.I.G., which is quite funny. That's awesome. And it's so, it, the, the song 
doesn't stop and the rhythm to it is just so so clever but and it tells a really funny story but juxtaposed to the next or the the final time you hear it where it's the same story but with a much different ending both times um but it's it's hilarious the logic that they go through on the ten dual commandments. Yeah, as as replayed <laughs> again recently in Bridgerton, which I know you haven't watched, Ian. But there is yeah, a I whole dual scene in that as well. That's a bit like, oh, this sounds familiar. Um, so yeah, this is this is familiar. Isn't Bridgerton just but sex and posh coats? Yes. <laughs> did you say did you say posh coats or posh? I said posh coats. I said I said I said posh coats, but we know where your brain is. Sorry, I definitely thought you... That's exactly what you would have said. Uh, no, not me. Mm, I don't know, you're usually... Uh, you usually, you wear a hat tonight and suddenly you're the bad man. <laughs> or the bad boy, sorry. I got that one. Um, so... I was raised by the street. <laughs> so I gotta be down with the hood, Tim. Too much um, television can, watching, got me chasing dreams. Um, can, can we please talk about Lafayette for a moment? Because I just bloody love him. Yes, he's, oh, he's so, so good. Funny. He's, he's really... so good. He's French actor. His rapping at the very is brilliant. It's yeah. so over the top. Yeah. But his rap in French at the beginning is it in Aaron Bursa or is it in Hamilton? I, I can't think remember. it's Aaron. Aaron Bursa. Bur- yeah, he doesn't no, come it's in. It's in so Aaron Bursa. It is. Yeah, but that the rap, I don't understand what the hell, but I know it was funny and I know it was clever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. He it's he's brilliant. he's one of the real stars of the show for me. Um, yes, and he and just... this was his breakout. Not this adaptation of it, but I think wasn't Hamilton kind of what launched David Diggs, who is I think rising. Has he risen or is he rising at the moment? I th- I think he is. He's rising. Like he is appearing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's rising. Um he's been in a couple of films and stuff since but um he started as a musician really and sort of was into experimental hip-hop and stuff so he is a musician through and through but actually his acting creds are pretty good in this as well mm. um he's one of the he, i would say he's one of the better overall performers in this yeah and he he pulls in the crowd as well really really well which is a classic kind of hip-hop um kind of characteristic so yeah He's great. I love him. Oh, his entrance as Jefferson yeah. is brilliant. Just electric, isn't it? It may as well be fucking Prince walking on stage. Yeah. yeah. And I really like the way they played the Jefferson piece in that. <laughs> it's just yes. not what you would expect at all. <laughs> when he's reading the letter, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and I love those. I love, I love those moments of the the cabinet meetings as well, and the the rap mm. battle kind of thing is really, really well. I done. loved that. Oh, the two rap battles are brilliant. Yeah. That's where that's where Lin Manuel is at his best because I reckon he could have come up with that on his on the top of his head. That's what he's really good at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's so good. There's so much to talk about with this show. There really is. There it is. is we jumping all over the I place. Think, I think as well, like, so, dear listener, apologies. There's kind of us going, because uh, just like, how do you focus oh, on this one? Because this is, this is, it, it, not only is this really, really good, I think we've established that's really, really good. It's dense. There is a lot mm. in this. Yes. There's a lot of storylines yeah. going on. Um, and if you haven't seen it, this isn't one where you'll be able to just jump along and have a good time you need to need to watch this this actually here's here's interesting because um 
So I had listened to it through before, but myself and Albert, we spoke about this last week, um, that this is a musical that I think it helps if you have at least an idea of the plot going into it. Not necessarily all of the plot points, because leave yourself some surprises, but to kind of know who people are. Um, so, Ian, I don't know, did, did you uh, kind of, did you start play what is the you know let's see where this brings me or did you have an idea about so i remember saying i can't remember if it was on the pod or not but i didn't know what hamilton the musical was about i assumed it was going to be focusing on slavery but i i knew the story of hamilton the founding fathers the revolution um and the problems that came with establishing a new state and a new like we don't really I wish this was taught more at school, is when we gave up the colonies in Africa, um, we literally went in there, carved it up into squares, and said, you're going to take our form of government. And that was us giving independence, and that fell to pieces. Um, America is the only people that... or the, 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 most, the, the Obviously, the biggest group of people that said, nope, we are independent. And this is... They're a group of extremely intelligent people that because we didn't give them in inverted commas independence they had the opportunity to build their own system of government and i think the 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 play does a really cool job of communicating the challenges that they actually had so it's like we've got to come up with a new economy and does the country have any money or is it just state by state and it it does that without getting too dense, which is really really clever. And if anything, it pokes fun at Hamilton for being such a fucking nerd and just <laughs> yeah. writing down everything. If you weren't such a fucking nerd, you'd be president. Is basically what Burr says. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's his own so there's, notes there's, on. Yeah. Yeah. There's an interesting point we haven't really talked about Burr. And his kind of characterization yes. and how he's played. What what were your thoughts on him? Because I feel like, for me, he has some of the most difficult songs to sing, um, and he does a bit more singing than he does rapping. Um, yes, and it's played very guarded, subtly at times. Um, which in the West End, he's a little bit more sinister. Not not sinister. It's that he's played with a slight lisp in the West End, which is an interesting choice. Um, So sort of reinforcing that idea of him feeling sort of inferior to Hamilton, who's so articulate and so good at writing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit more kind of pronounced rivalry, probably in the West End version. Um, So I was surprised when I watched this and, you know, felt like, oh, he's a little bit more subtle um, and a little bit more of a blank character by choice, not through like any bad acting or anything. Um, But I was just kind of interested what, what your thoughts were on him. Uh, I really. So, no, go on, uh, sorry, I was like, I just didn't even wait there. Like, that's that's so my <laughs> thing. Uh, I really like because I like how on the initial meeting, he's the one. He like he's the one that Hamilton's looking up to. You know, he's holding all the cards. He's like, hey man, yeah. here's my advice. And then almost immediately, because in my shot, Hamilton Hamilton finds his you know, yes, sycophants, but also general friends as well. Um, and Burr's like, whoa, whoa, that, that's, no, that's, that's not, it's not what I was saying. And then by, <laughs> if you like, being an arsehole, Hamilton manages to basically out 
outperform or outmaneuver Burr at every step. And you can see the resentment growing and the resentment mm. growing. And when it comes to, I suppose, Burr's arc, you really feel for him. You really do yeah. feel for the guy because he, in a way, was doing everything right and it just wasn't working for him. <clears throat> um, I would slightly argue that, but um, he is the character I feel the most sympathy for, for certain. However, I think he's a massive nod to today's politics. So he runs his campaign not... He explicitly says, speak less and or say less, be more charming, whatever it is. And that is... Yeah. That nails it. That is head on the nail. That is what our politicians do. That is exactly how Trump got elected. He's taken that to the extreme, obviously, by having zero substance and just appealing to the popular vote. So Burr is just handing out leaflets left, right and centre, going door to door and kissing babies. That is... It's a, it's a nod to the modern campaigning system, which starts a year before the election, has a fuck ton of money thrown at it, and is more important than any policies you could put out there. It didn't work back then, but it absolutely could have done had Hamilton not thrown his weight behind um, Jefferson. But I, I feel sorry for him, but I also don't want to because it's absolutely a nod to how fucked up our electoral system is nowadays and how it's a popularity contest and this is just the seeds of that growing yeah i hadn't i hadn't picked up on that that's a really interesting interpretation of it um and makes a lot of sense so yeah yeah he's he knows he's not as smart as hamilton he, he he's smart enough to appreciate hamilton's intelligence but he knows that if he's going to win it's going to be by going door to door and winning hearts and minds in yeah comments. And, and interesting how jefferson just kind of cast him aside so quickly you know when he he's like well, so because it, it wasn't that the way it worked in american politics the the losing candidate ended up being the vice president oh, absolutely absolutely at the very beginning it was the yeah the loser is deputy but very quickly yeah jefferson was like Fuck it, I'm the president. Hmm. Don't have to do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, but Jefferson is the better tactician because it's like watching um, House of Cards or Yes Minister. Um, he knows that he doesn't have to win hearts and minds. He needs to win the Senate and he needs to win an endorsement. All, he doesn't have to win over a million people. He has to win over Hamilton mm. and Hamilton's endorsement is more important. So... Burr, bless him, is just he's he doesn't know how to play the game. Wood for the trees, nearly. Um, yeah, but and it, and it's and it's mad. Hamilton, it's quickly established. He'll never be president, but his voice holds so much sway over the country yeah. by the time we get to the election of Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, Ironically, we need somebody intelligent like Hamilton that people listen to, but. Sadly, we don't like to listen to intelligent people. Instead, we tend to mistrust them. Yeah, like, Possibly because they do shady shit like Hamilton did. There is that. Well, I, mean, I mean, he did do shady shit, but at the same time, he was open about it. But yeah, well, his his hand was forced, of course. But I, oh, it's, it's such a, you're kind of, ah, Alexander, that he, he wanted so badly to prove that he didn't break the law that he destroyed his own family, he destroyed another family, and he paved the yeah. way, he initially thought, for Burr to get in. Uh, now, thankfully Burr didn't, but... Uh, well, I say thankfully, but... Um, yeah, because I think I think it's Eliza 
no, it's Angelica, sorry, that says, all roads back to Angelica, uh, who says, like, you know, she returns, and he's like, oh, thank you so much for coming to me in my time. It's like, whoa, 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 Alex, I am not here for you. It's it's an interesting mm-hmm. argument where, <clears throat> so say, for example, if somebody's, had, well, not even for example, this is the case. He's had an affair. Admitting the affair makes him feel better, and it clears his conscience, and it gets him out of trouble. But does it actually do any good? What it does is just destroy Eliza and their family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's so so complicated, and it's not where I expected the story to go. Once again, it's a first act almost has a story, second act doing something really really darker. And is that a theme in musicals and theatre that the second part is just fucking dark as nuts. That's it. They want everyone to stand in the lobby of the theatre and go, I'm having a good time. Oh no. The world is terrible. Uh, no, I don't think it's it's <laughs> a common thing because I'm thinking of like Mamma Mia and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and Kinky Boots, which none of which have a particularly depressing right, I don't know. I mean like okay. that second act in Mamma Mia where, you know, Abba arrive and just start unloading an Uzi on half of the wedding guests. I thought it was, it was a bold choice, <laughs> but... Uh, Oh. Uh, whereas, yeah, hairspray. Yeah. The darkest it gets is Michelle Pfeiffer attempts to uh, um, seduce Christopher Walken, which yes. must be just the strangest sounding sex ever. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to. No, it was so good. I love where that was going. Oh no. Oh. Oh dear. Right, Hamilton. Um. Can, can we just I... can, can we just talk about? The world was wide enough, and that ending jewel because I think that number is so underrated because it's the whole like slow mo sequence of the bullet and how that staged I think is amazing with the the um, background character like carrying the bullet across in slow motion yes. while Hamilton is reflecting on his life and stuff. I just think that is incredibly well done. Um, and it's much more impactful. It's, it's much more impactful on the stage show it, because there's the whole rotating stage piece, which I feel gets lost a bit in the movie version. Um, no, I I got it. I, I, that really stood out to me as extremely simple but extremely clever. Like it's used the best it's used. Just in fact, I'm not going to jump back to that. Carry on with what you were saying. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's it's. Um, like I literally find myself always holding my breath in that number and it's it's suddenly like the, the tempo slows down Hamilton is like so Burr has references back to other songs throughout the musical so there's kind of like all the different bits coming back together and then it's Hamilton just really slow really kind of for the first time in the musical Intense. really thinking it yeah, really actually reflecting on who he is as a person and how the wrongs he's done and all that sort of stuff. And I just What's think it's a really... Yeah, I think it's a really brilliant way to, to kind of finish yes. out before you get the who lives, who dies, who tells their story moment. Um, so yeah, there's, I just think it's always underrated. That I, there's a line I love, just just you were saying that about the legacy. Uh, you your legacy is sowing seeds in a garden you'll never see. Yes. I absolutely. love that line. 
And that just reflects the entire theme of the movie, is that these guys are creating a system of government that they will never see fully developed and never see work, because it will take generations. Um, uh, so at one point, is Eliza holding the bullet? I didn't... I'm Don't sure so. she she's in the song, though, isn't she? Um, no, she's in she's in the ending where they sort of reunite. But I no, yeah, I, I don't. Someone's think... carrying the bullet, and I for a second I thought it, it, it was. Uh, it's just it's just a it's just a chorus. It's just a chorus member. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So on the spinny table thing, really quick, um, turntable type of thing. Sorry, yeah, what's up? They've died. No, you're fine. Don't worry. I'll go straight back into turntable. Sorry, I thought it would make it through, and it just literally died. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. That's right. What's our runtime at now, anyway? Have you paused? Just I have not paused. I have I'm not paused. Have fun editing I'm going to have fun time. editing this, aren't I? Are we going to pause? Fuck you, Albert. I'm um, um, at one twenty. I was no, I just, I was no, I just jump back in whenever. Just jump back in whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep it going. But yeah, we're at one twenty. So that's fine. Still got time. So it'll it'll just take a couple of minutes. It's pretty fast to charge. Oh, well, I mean, I've no problem with the quality that's coming through now. It's just you'll be in the mix as well. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, well, 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 Back on the turntable really quickly, where that blew me away, and it is quite subtly yeah. used, um, it, it was mo- it's first kind of really properly used with the Shula sisters where they're walking through the street, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Where it blew me away was the Eye of a, Eye of a Tornado scene, and all of the stagehands, the choir, everyone is lifting like bits of furniture they're all swirling around him and he's in the middle the eye of the storm and i was like that is fucking genius and that just i get yeah, it is, that is even I better in person see you get in person. the depth sure of the stage you awesome lose that in, in the film because it's like audience view whereas actually <laughs> if you're watching that from yeah. you know the the circle in a, a typical theater yes. it is awesome because it's just like it's sort of hypnotic which goes along with the the rap element and it's um it just creates so much kind of areas of interest to look at i found it i found the choreography was a little bit distracting at times in the film version because yes. it's quite flat so you you've got usually characters to the front of the stage and then a whole lot of stuff going on in the background mm-hmm. when you see that sort of in real world it's incredible so yeah it's it's it, it loses something in the film. It's even yeah. better on the stage show. But it... oh man, I wish I, I I will see it one day. I really will. Um, I in the I thought it was very gradual as well because it didn't hit me all at once what was happening. I was like, oh, okay, there's just a bit of chaos on stage, but then it it forms into this circle, and, and it's like, complete artistry really in the clever. sort of rewind it's section. Very nicely talked about. They use it so well. She kind of 
you know, Angelica moves around yes. with it and everything. Really, it's so yeah. so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. Mm. Yes, it's so good. But it's literally like a record scratch, yeah. isn't it? It's like vroom, vroom, and then rewinds so backwards. So it's like a vinyl. It's ah genius. So many levels. So good. I don't know if we we jump to where the story for me really takes a turn, and that's say no to this. Um, that's where it's really shit goes wrong. That's, I'm just um, like, okay, like, hang Hamilton on, no, we're going back now, we're going affair. forward. No, we're there. We are. Yeah, it is hard to keep track some of where some of the placements of songs are in this one. It's just like, yep, that's grand. Because in my head, we were just talking about the final duel and everything. Yeah. It's like, and now he's having an affair. Wait, what did he do on his deathbed? Yes, definitely. Sorry, that's my, that's my fault. In my excitement to talk about it, I skipped right ahead to the end. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, yeah, say no to this. Um, yeah. It went no, straight to the end. I was like, Fucking right, idiot. guys, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> it's it's so... It's so... Or it, yeah, oh, but it's such an R&B um, number. I love but it. It's, it's a classic like story. 90s, R&B, you know. It's so well done. Yeah, so musically, I find it really interesting because it's sort of like yeah. a, a different flavor again to the the show. But yeah, Alexander is a dick. Um, yeah. Leads 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 with his dick mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah, totally. And there's no excuse for it. Yes, and it, there's no excuse for it either. It's just. <sighs> It's on a plate in front of me, so I'm going to take it. He's put, This is what frustrates me. He's perfectly happy with his wife. Like he, His career will always be number one. He will always be obsessed with his work and his legacy, but he loves his wife. And he acknowledges that Angelica is probably his intellectual equal. I find... But and this is he has a family sort of, with Eliza, again, and he has crushed the end, that related here so is it's, that it's a frustrating initially character. she doesn't form. seem it, but Eliza is much stronger than Hamilton is. Um, and she is initially... She's almost like the the Juliet, if you like. Mm-hmm. You know, they... Oh, they lock eyes across the room and people organise them together. Obviously, then we find out Angelica is... You know, it's like... Ah, crap, you've got no money and I'm supposed to marry rich. Here, half my sister. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, she she certainly seems to be yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and, and that's oh it's the, a brilliant uh, piece of work well, but she's just a bit right, you know he's dead right so she's after he's dead soul. it's yeah. very much the only reason we're talking about Hamilton today is because Eliza did so much work after he died and I love that revelation for her character so that it it almost makes me yeah. even angrier Adam during say no to this when it's just yeah. like you. You have no clue what you've got, do you? You goddamn idiot. Oh, man. Mm. It's it's quiet uptown. Is Now, I hope I'm right. After this Phillips, is where Hamilton's yeah. walking alone. Um, but yeah. then Eliza eventually comes along, along and holds his hand. And I think this is after their son has died. Yeah. That genuinely brought a tear to my eye because I don't know why, but that really struck a struck a nerve. It's Hamilton's completely alone, and it's the it's the mm-hmm. Eliza suddenly has so much more agency and so much more power, and she chooses to forgive him and 
we can still have a family we can still we've got a daughter or whatnot um and it's just such a powerful moment when she chooses to hold his hand i was like nope 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 you got me especially i'm gonna cry especially as well because on philip's deathbed Mm. um alexander puts his hand on hers and she just takes it away because this is obviously just before exactly because she's like you know in this moment you gave me a son that's all i need to get out of the room Obviously, she doesn't yeah. leave. You know, he's Alexander's son as well. Although he is, he bears responsibility for Philip's death. He does. So his logic with this reminded me of a Vulcan, because it's kind of like one plus one equals two. <laughs> if you put your hand in the air and shoot to the sky, logic dictates that because that's the rules, you will not get shot. And he doesn't question that. And he barely like looks away from the work that he's doing as he's describing to his son, this is how it's going to go, this is what you need to do. And then he's shocked when, surprise, surprise, the other guy plays dirty and shoots him anyway. It's kind of like, yeah, your logic failed you there, didn't it? How many times are you going to watch this man's face die for you, Hamilton? My God. (laughs) (laughs) And and obviously then, that becomes the play on... You know what's going to happen with the duel later on as well. He's like, well, you know, I told my son to do this, and this is what happened. So, I sort of, it's kind of, I'll take my own medicine, but it's like, I will suffer the same fate. But again, even then, I'm getting annoyed now. Even then, it's all for the bloody legacy. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. should have just gone, burr, saws. I've got family. Yeah. You know, like, this is... Instead, he's too busy writing a clever retort, yeah. and it did make me laugh when they're sent... He does the first reply yeah. to Burr, and it's 50 fucking pages Here's long. all the problems just, I have like, with you. Keep sending uh, it. Yeah, exactly. And Burr's just like, oh, shit, I've got to read all of this. Yeah. It's such, like, a 1700s way of insulting each other. I'm going to do it through the medium of word. <laughs> I think you're a ninicom popinjay. Your servant, Aham. And your mother smells of elderberries. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love the Aham thing. Yeah. So good. Um, what else have we got? Hurricane, the Reynolds pamphlet. So that is a classic bit of tactical wizardry um, and kind of giving up your bishop to win the game. So I'm going to have to make a sacrifice here, but in the long run it means that I will win the game. Mm. Um, and it's just how his brain works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, he'll sacrifice a part of his reputation to save the part that he deems The more important more, bit. Yeah. And it's money. Yeah. And it's money and finance and numbers. You know, I, I, I never misappropriated a single cent. I never, ever stole anything. Here's all the receipts. That, yes, but you had an affair and you have betrayed your wife. But you can count where every penny went. It's like oh. it's almost like the, he really separates his brain and his heart. So it's like, yeah, my heart failed me, but my brain never did, and my morals never <laughs> morals. <laughs> it's wait, not morals. That's definitely his morals definitely failed him. I can't, his loyalty to the state never failed yeah. him. Um, yeah, the more I think about it, the more this guy is Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, look, I think he would have found a way then. But Burr had a very short life after that duel. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
The gun he was holding was poisoned. <laughs> My corpse was poisoned when he came over to check me. Oh, that might have contributed to the death. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, again, I, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface, and yet I feel like we all have about three minutes of life left in us while discussing this show. <laughs> um, Were there any more beats that you want to hit, um, Albie? Um, the only one is burn. I think is a really brilliant number. It's kind of oh, wow. we're talking a little bit about the moment. The moment where Eliza kind of burns everything. You know, basically, it burns everything and is herself burned because of her husband's actions. Yeah. Um, it's there's a moment in it where she kind of talks about like she's erasing herself from the narrative, and that yes. to me is like really powerful because there's so little evidence of who she was mm-hmm. you know there's lots about hamilton but there's so little about her so it's a bit meta which i quite like yeah um so i just think that was a really brilliant moment and uh philippa sue who who plays the role acts the hell out of that scene oh, i think brilliant. um and interesting what one of the the things that you probably haven't come across yet and should have a listen to is there's a uh, another album uh, called the mixtape version. I don't know if you've come across that show. Just yet, uh, to be honest, no. Only some of the key songs. Wikipedia. Yeah, some of the key songs are re-recorded, and actually, it's the women's songs that are most powerful in those re-records. So there's a version of this um, song by Andrew Day, and it's really it's much more kind of aggressive and fiery. Um, and the other one I love is the. Um, Jill Scott does a cover of um, Say No to This, but she does it from the point of view of um, of Maria Reynolds, not of Hamilton. So it's like this kind of interesting flip on the story. So it's really worth having to listen to those as well because they, they kind of give you a different perspective on the show as well, which is quite cool. Uh, that's really interesting. I might look that up. Um, because the... The the women are definitely secondary characters, um, which I yeah it's a shame, but I guess that's the story again. But Burn is suddenly it's her big moment, isn't it? It's where she takes control, yeah. and yeah, I've been married off, I've had some kids, cool, I'm quite happy with that. But yeah, she's choosing to. She's not going to be the wife that was cheated. She's just going to. Rem- she'd rather not be remembered at all than to be that bit of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I um I really I really do like uh you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story for how it puts her back in the story, as 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 I mentioned earlier that I I love that we know what we know because of Eliza. But also like from a production point of view, I'm so used to the big finish in all these shows and this goes out on it just fades out. And I, do, I just really, it really just got me the right way, you know? Yeah, I really like it. It's powerful. It's really, really powerful. And the fact that Hamilton, your main man, isn't really in it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's... I oh, love that gas. Yeah, it's a super, super, super it's, powerful it's song. It's so brilliant. So brilliant. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very clever. Um, I do like how... Sorry, this is jumping back a bit, but it's on the same theme. When he finds out that... What's his name has died because his dad has sent him a letter, and when he's reading the uh, Hamilton's reading the letter, um, jo- 
he's John Lawrence. John Lawrence. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and he's singing the song, and he's there in a blue light, dead, and he's singing at him. That was very, very well done. Very clever. Yeah. 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 Who Who lives? Who dies? Who tells your story? Is um, it's it's the message, and it's what the film is about. But yeah, you're right. It's not the big showstopper it's very contemplative and thoughtful i like it like the easy comparison for me and albert i know you're going to have loads of good examples of this as well like you know this is the antithesis of do you hear the people sing you know which is you know that's we're rattling yeah. the floorboards and you know the birds outside are wondering what the hell just happened in that theater at the end of that show because they've just been scared out of the trees Whereas this is, it seems like it's designed for people to walk out of the theatre hushed. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's genius. Yeah, it's super good. And very unusual. And very unusual for big Broadway musicals. Um, But is exactly the right ending. It's kind of flawless in that regard. Yeah. There's very few things in this show that I would say I don't like or don't agree with. The only kind of problems I have are with the filmed version of the show because you don't get to experience are you saying, the, you agree, the full production in a way. Are you saying you agree with my point no. that it shouldn't be? No, filmed? no, 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 no. We in can't this, have this. In this instance, in this instance, no, I agree. Yeah. Don't feed the trolls. I think it's the last one, and that's the only one you remember. So that's, but, you may as well but, agree entirely. But but I think there is a place for musicals as films, uh, and that's where I do disagree with you. Um, but. You know, I would be fascinated to know how they would create a film adaption of Hamilton um, because so much of the magic is in that staging. Would it work? I'm not sure. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not the one to say because I I think even if they did it right, I wouldn't like it. (laughs) But I, I don't know if we've talked enough about Jefferson and his swagger. He, whenever he comes back on the stage, he owns it, doesn't he? In his purple coat. Oh, he just absolutely dominates it. Um, and he, he's not just a comic character, is he, either. He's got the brains as well. He's really satisfying to watch. Um, nice to have Washington as a friend. That's a recurring song, isn't it, in the second half? Oh, yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Washington on your Washington. side. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. I love that. Um. Salvi, have you got anything else behind the scenes that you had in your back pocket, or have we pretty much covered it all? I think we've pretty much covered it all at this stage. Um, there's so much kind of rich um, behind-the-scenes stuff on this show. I would just encourage people to go away and read about it and understand the journey that Lynn manuel went on. This started as a, you know, the first instance of Hamilton being seen by the world was him performing it for Barack Obama in the White House. And there's so many cool yeah. oh, that's awesome. aspects yeah. to the story. So, yeah. So, and that was a very kind of like prototype version of um, what the musical would become. So it definitely is the labour of love for for um, Lin-Manuel. And you can tell because it's just so perfectly put together and is is a seminal musical and will be for a long time. You know, it's, it's marked a transition in how Broadway is perceived um, and you know they've made an awful lot of money off the back of it Absolutely. so well done them money talks yeah, bloody does yeah indeed so Ian yes are we are we are, are we any better after our month of musicals do you think we've we've given you some or 
some things that might ch- challenge your perception of musicals, or are you just really dead set in your ways? Man, talk about a trapped question. Like, that was leading the witness <laughs> if ever I saw you know, it. Ha- like... have, have you engaged more with musicals, or are you an arsehole? Is basically what yeah, Albert like... is asking there. So, yeah. so did you like exactly. the man, or did you murder him? <laughs> well, no, that's not fair. I didn't like him, but I didn't kill him. <laughs> so, I, if anything, it's reaffirmed... Oh my initial belief and it's given me some more evidence for it unfortunately um well not unfortunately it's just how my brain is i'm really glad i watched all four of these and i'm glad that we've done it because i would never sit down and choose to watch a musical i I wouldn't do it so i'm glad that it's exposed me to something that i wouldn't watch on my own and i have enjoyed them i've enjoyed all four to varying degrees for different reasons and i feel like a better person having watched them However, oh. I still don't like them as movies. I would love to watch them all as stage shows, but I'm not going to be a musical a musical movie lover. So you have to try again on Musical Musings Part um, 5 if we do another one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, maybe if we do like Moulin Rouge, Chicago, Les Mis, we might do better. You know, the three that I wanted to do. <laughs> But I, I purposely wanted you to broaden your horizons a little bit, as did Sean. And That's I think fair. the four the four we chose were a an interesting mix yes. of of different approaches to musicals. So um yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me back and thanks for indulging my absolute nerdy um detail on musicals and it was really nice that um, I really enjoyed Rent because it Sean was literally like a kid in a sweet shop and it was yeah. so cute to see. I love Rent. I'm so, so happy. I am genuinely sorry we didn't like Into the Woods more. If there's one that Same. I'm going to revisit with a notepad and pen, it will be Into the Woods because I uh, I need to watch that in a better place, in a better mood. I didn't give but, it a fair shot. I think, that, actually, I think that's but, you fair. Know what? I think... But I think we had a really, I think we had a really good conversation yes. about yes. it though. Agreed. And that, yeah. that, made me happy that i feel like i got to plead my case you and you you won on that one you absolutely won because i i feel like i haven't given it um it's shot Um, i also feel like ian (laughs) hasn't given it it's shot uh so i'm glad um of the of the four then you know ian number one uh, actually there you go ian rank the four of them yeah let's do that um so hamilton number one clear winner uh, number two is Rent, then Hairspray, and then Into the Woods. But Into the Woods might move around a bit. But I'm, yeah, I'm I'm confident with with Hamilton, Rent one and two. Okay, Albert, what's what's your ranking? Uh, Hamilton one, uh, Into the Woods two, um, Hairspray three, Rent that's four. No, no, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and I really want to put Rent as number one, but I think you should. I I, I have Do to it. say Hamilton is a better put together piece of theatre, and um, it, it it's something I'm picking up on something you said, Albert, last week as well. Uh, I love Rent. I love the Metropolitan songs. A lot of the songs are much simpler. Um, you know, like there's no questioning the technical wizardry that went into putting together the songs of Hamilton. So yeah. For me, Hamilton number one, Rent number two, Hairspray number three, and that's it. So, I mean, that's it. No, I'm kidding. Into the Woods is, is, <laughs> Into the Woods is good. I'm, maybe I'm a bit like, you know, I might have to come back to it um, with 
in a morning time, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, fair enough. Fair enough. So as the official, I want to do this as the official Englishman, Irishman, Irishman ranking. If we let you have into the woods as number two. Will you let us have rent as three? Because you've put rent at the bottom. Yeah, I'll compromise on that. So, Hamilton, Into the Woods, Rent, Hairspray. Sean? Yeah. Fine. Or, oh, just about. That didn't, he didn't, he doesn't agree with that. It's going to be an Englishman and an Irishman ranking, but it's not the Irishman that's regularly on the show. Oh, he's so mad. <laughs> he's so mad. Oh, he mad. <laughs> Alvie, thank you so much for coming back and educating us heathens. You are the, the perfect man for this job. And it's been a gift to hear you gush about stuff that you properly know your shit about. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been awesome i've had such a good time and i will miss our weekly chats about musicals oh until we just come up with yeah, something I... else i mean like it's, this this is not the end of of uh you know an english irish irish it's gonna be let's see what else does albie have eyes oh films with eyes in them all right cool let's Yay! yeah <laughs> also but i will not talk to you about musicals ever again fuck that I'm done. Oh no. No more musicals. But when you come to visit when you come to visit me in London, you are coming oh, to a Jesus. musical with me. Oh no, that I will absolutely take you up on. Yeah, that would be my treat. Um okay. you pay for the house. You pay for the mortgage and I'll pay for the shows. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, good deal. Good deal. Um, <laughs> what I what I would love to do, not for the next episode, I know we have ideas, but I would love to see if we could find filmed musicals as in more things like yeah, what we God. saw for hamilton and see how because there's many that i haven't yeah, seen either that i would I like to on a d4 see and everyone knows that but we'll shit. see ian um, ian looks like he just stepped can we can we say what we're doing next so uh, yes we're gonna now that i've been i've been put through the pain of musicals the torture <laughs> the agony oh yeah we're gonna do four weeks of time travel films and i'm so excited i'm so so excited Way. So, but we're not doing That's the full be so best cool. Tune in three months ago for the Son episodes. Of a Yay! Bitch, the Dark Knight Rises all over again. We're not doing the four best time travel films. We're doing the four favorite <laughs> conventional time travel films. So obviously, Back to the Future ain't going to be in it because that needs to be its own thing. Um, it's not going to be Terminator, which is technically a time travel film, but it's going to be, yeah, the idea is that all four films have time travel at its core, but they're going to be a bit odd. So, yeah, cannot wait for that. I will be getting out my quantum physics books and educating Sean's ass on this one. Fuck you, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Cool. No, no, no. We're starting with Avengers Endgame. Uh... <laughs> I can. No, we're not. But yeah, we'll do it on Twitter. Twitter. We will announce on Twitter because I can't remember. But in... <laughs> we love uh, you. All right. Cool. Uh, you're both amazing. Thank you so much, Albert. Once more, as always, thank you so much again. Where can everybody find you if they haven't been listening to every other episode where we've been told them where to find you? Best best find me Only on uh, Twitter, Yay. at Albert Hogan. 
And you'll find me at Hobie Albie <laughs> on OnlyFans. And you'll find me when I can be bothered to turn up to record the plugs. All right, guys, everyone, have a lovely whatever time of the day it is. Ha! Bye! Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM, email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com, and check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com, where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave, and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome, and we love you very much.